Welcome to Truth and Liberty. Thank you for joining our daily live call-in broadcast where trusted leaders bring biblical insights to the issues and you can call in and get your questions answered in real time. According to the Bible, it's the truth you know that sets you free. So call in today to get answers, information, and resources to help you stand for truth and effect godly change in our nation and the world. And now here's your host for today's broadcast, Dwayne Sheriff. Hello, everyone. Praise the Lord. I am excited. We're in the middle of our pastor's conference, so I'm a little pumped up, but I'm enjoying hosting today. My name is Dwayne Sheriff, and you are now watching Truth and Liberty, and this is a, a call-in live, if you will, interactive broadcast. And we would love to hear from you today. I have a special guest with me, a good friend of mine, uh, Pastor Brian Norman. And uh, we're going to be sharing some fantastic things with you today to encourage you in your faith and to be a part of what I believe is a counterculture that God is raising up even in America today. Well, I've got a few announcements, but I want to give you the phone number. I would hope that you would call in either with a question or maybe some comments about what we're saying that you believe would be a blessing to other believers. And so the phone number is 719 619 2341 719-619-2341. Uh, and again, we would love to hear from you and have interaction with you today. Well, as I said in my introduction, we're in the middle of the pastor's conference, global pastor's conference, and it has just been over the top. Uh, I just can't say a, enough good about it. Maybe you couldn't get here early, but we have services tonight with Bob Yandian, and then we have a half a day tomorrow still to go. And it's right here on the Karis campus in Woodland Park. We would love to see you if you could make it. And it's been so good again. You maybe need to start making plans for next year if you're a pastor or a leader. And uh, I know that you'll be encouraged, inspired, and equipped to, to be a, a voice in the wilderness in America today because God's raising up pastors to step up and to speak up. And I, I'm so excited about how many pastors we even had here. We've got an upcoming event called Women Arise, Women Arise 2023, and it too is located right here at Karis Bible College in Woodland Park. And the speakers are Carrie Pickett, Audrey Mack, and Elizabeth Murin. And, you know, we always are blessed with our speakers and we want to say things positive, but I'm telling you, these, these three women right now are probably three of the most powerful voices right now, I believe, in the body of Christ. And ladies, you will not be disappointed. And that's not just hyperbole. I mean it from my heart. I've heard them all and they're wonderful, wonderful speakers and have a wonderful heart for the Lord. And so if you can make that, the dates on that is November the 2nd through the 4th, this coming November the 2nd through the 4th. And I just want to encourage you to be a part. Also, you need to make sure that you browse uh, truthandliberty.net, our website. Uh, there are wonderful resources there. There's a lot of conservative type news and as we even come into this next election, you need a source and you need to develop a source that you can rely on on the news because if you're awake, you know that we have a major crisis in journalism today. 
And most of what you hear on your TV called news is propaganda. And, and they have a narrative, and it's all spun in a way that even confuses most of the masses. So you need a good source. And truthandliberty.net, we have a 24-hour news feed of all these conservative outlets, and it's updated every 15 minutes. You can also go back and on-demand review episodes, previous episodes, and I know they'll be a blessing for you. As a matter of fact, we had an episode Monday, this Monday of this week, in regards to a production that Elizabeth Muren put together called Overturned. Overturned. And it deals with the Roe versus Wade decision and, and how that it has been overturned by the grace and mercy of God. And it is moving. It will, it will bless you, I assure you. And as a matter of fact, that's part of what Brian, Pastor Brian and I are going to talk about today is, is pro-life versus pro-choice, uh, life in the womb. And my dear friend is the pastor of Victory Life here in Woodland Park, but he also sits on a board called Life that is amazing. And then a, another board on Kingdom Now, I believe it's called, or Kingdom... Kingdom Advance. Kingdom Advance. And so Brian's going to weigh in on some things. Uh, because this board called LIFE that he sets on, why don't you tell us a little bit about that? So LIFE stands for LIFE is for Everyone, and um, Grace Youngson is kind of the leader of that group, and it's a 501c3, and she's going to be here with us next week yeah. uh, on Thursday, so yeah. we're really looking forward to that. But it is a pro-life um, 501c3 ministry. Um, the church supports that, and um, she's just doing some amazing things. There's so many things that she's doing. It's hard to just pick one, uh, but she's had um, great success in um, going to businesses, uh, Starbucks, for example, which I never thought would allow some of these things. Wow. And getting um, flyers for a pregnancy center, a pro-life pregnancy center put in their women's stalls and their bathrooms. And she got that done in right here in Colorado Springs. Wow. Um, wow. And it was just one great testimony that she's been able to accomplish after another. Let, let, me, just, let me just weigh in on that quickly. There, there is this great awakening that I'm certain that the Lord has put in my heart and in Andrew's heart uh, and that we're, we're engaging in. And when you hear things like that, you need to realize that there is so much propaganda against God and against the Bible and against a life that reflects the virtues of God. And when you hear something like that, that Starbucks was willing to put flyers in for pro-life and to save babies, that, that's a part of the Great Awakening. Amen. Not everybody is pro-choice like we're led to believe and that everybody believes in the eliminating of life in the womb. And you and I need to realize, brothers and sisters, that we're on the right side of this argument. We're on God's side. Yeah. You know, many times we, we talk about different debates and we, we kind of try to argue about who, whose side uh, are we on uh, and, and, and God's side. But 
we are on God's side. He's not on our side that we're pro-life. We're on His side in being pro-life. And this is miraculous to me, Brian, that I never thought, I hate to admit this on an international broadcast, but I never really thought I would see Roe versus Wade overturned in my lifetime. Right. And that is a sign. People call in every time I'm on this show. What are what are some of the signs that we're in a great awakening? Right. Well, to me, that is a mega major sign that people are waking up to where life begins, where life comes from. And so I'm just proud of you uh, sitting on that board and Miss Grace and what she's doing. Uh, tell me some things that, that the Lord has shown you in regards, because I know you are a, a, a real advocate of yeah. pro-life. Yeah, um, we'll get into this, I guess, a little bit later, but my sister, my stepsister, um, had an abortion and um, it affected her entire life. And uh, uh, one place that I come from is, I know there's a lot of focus, pro-life obviously, about the child, but very few people are thinking about the mother and and what is happening with the mother, and we'll get to talk a little bit about that. But also, um, just that women do have a lot of choices. Um, there are, you know, women that would say that we're trying to take away their choices, and that's couldn't be further from the truth. Um, for every woman, you had tons of choices. You had dozens of choices before that final mistake was made, and there shouldn't be a loss of life because of that final mistake. Amen. Amen. There, there, there has been for decades uh, these arguments between pro-life and pro-choice, and a lot of people do not understand where, where the basis of the argument is coming from. On the pro-choice side, it is a, a worldly, uh, man-secular world view. But the pro-life side, what a lot of people and the new generation do not understand is that our position isn't just philosophy. Our position isn't just, uh, this is my opinion, pro-life, and your opinion, pro-choice. No, the, those that are pro-life have yielded their decision over to God and His Word, and God is making the decision for us that are pro-life. And a lot of times that gets lost in the argument is that God is pro-life. God is the author of all life, and the Scriptures are filled with examples of of conception in the womb and where and when conception starts, mm-hmm. God's hand working in the, in the creating of life. And we owe a generation the truth. We owe a generation that at least science is finally catching up to the Bible. I have believed the Bible before science confirmed it. But pure science will always confirm the Bible. And even science now is catching up. And there's a lot of young people that aren't buying into this pro-choice argument because they're seeing the science. But we as the church need to be responsible to share God's Word on what God says about about pro-life, about life again in the womb, and about um, uh, the shedding of innocent blood. Yeah. How serious this is in the, in the eyes of God. Um, I know you've said some things, I've heard you say some things in the past in regards to this, and I'd like to let you weigh in on that. Well, uh, from the standpoint of 
um, choices um, specifically. You know, uh, we believe the truth is that, and this is going to be hard for a lot of people to hear, but as Christians, we believe the truth is that um, abortion is a kind of a cover word for <clears throat> the word that God would use, murder. And um, I believe, and I believe the word is clear about it, that abortion is murder. And we need to balance that out um, shortly hereafter with the grace side of that, the Jesus side of that. But, and we're not, I'm not here to condemn women or to do anything like that. But the word abortion, I mean, I think most people understand what that means, but the harshness of what it really is, is murder. And in the Ten Commandments, that's the way the word is listed. Thou shalt not kill, but the real word is murder. And that's what it is. And to um, try to soften it or cover it up is, is harming women. It's obviously destroying babies' lives. And we have to take a very strong stance against, against these things. Or another generation will be lost and confused and think that abortion is not a very big deal. Yeah. I know that as a, as a pastor, uh, I would try to deal with this and inevitably someone would come up to me and try to condemn me saying I'm condemning women and that I don't need to be doing that. Well, let me just say this to you that not only am I not condemning women, I'm not condemning um, pastors that their daughters have have gotten pregnant and they were fearful of losing their their jobs. And so even I know of some pastors that encourage their own daughters to get an abortion to save them from the embarrassment, to save them from losing their job. Many parents have pushed their daughters into, into abortions uh, because of the shame and the guilt. I'm not condemning them either. I'm not condemning those that perform the abortion. I'm not condemning boyfriends that have talked their girlfriends into an abortion because they weren't ready for the responsibility. I'm not condemning husbands that have pressured their own wives into an abortion because they weren't ready to be, to be a dad. I'm not even condemning these large corporations that are so willing to pay for abortions because it's to their financial advantage. I'm here to say that God's mercy and God's forgiveness is available for all of us that have participated at any level in the shedding of innocent blood. God's not condemning a woman. God's not condemning parents. God's not condemning the doctors that perform such a horrible, horrible act. There's mercy for everyone. There's forgiveness for everyone. Jesus came and died for the sins of the world. And He didn't die for just a few sins, some sins. He died for all sins. And so when it comes to condemning women, I do not have it in my heart to condemn a woman. There is mercy, there's forgiveness, there's cleansing, there's hope to see your child again. Brian and I, I know, would agree that, that uh, in an abortion, that was a life that came from God. Amen. It didn't come from you, it's coming through you, but it came from God. And that life goes back to God. And if we repent, uh, of that sin, just like all sin must be repented of, then you will see your child literally again. Your child is in heaven. And so I not only am not condemning anybody, I'm here to give hope for 
everybody that has failed in this area. So Amen. that's where I've had to come from for years because people want to condemn us saying we're condemning people yeah. for an abortion. No, the, the abortion is the condemnation uh, and is darkness not bringing it to someone's attention. Amen. And you know, in the Old Testament, um, two of the greatest characters in the Old Testament, Moses and David, both shed innocent blood. I mean, they both killed people. And um, you know, David, it was one of his greatest generals, one of his greatest yeah. leaders that he, that he killed. And there was forgiveness, and there was a way of forgiveness for them. And how much more now with the shedding of our, our Christ Jesus's blood. Yeah, that's so good. As a Christian, you need to understand that, that, that there was mercy for Moses. There was, there was great mercy for, for David. And, and there's great mercy for all of us Amen. that have fallen short of the glory of God. Amen. And, you know, uh, a, a different aspect of this, and we, we briefly touched on it, <clears throat> is that, you know, I, I just don't think it's right or fair for uh, any woman to say that we're, we're taking their choices away. I th it's one choice. Um, we would prefer to not have that choice available. And under the Supreme Court decision, it's more difficult now, but the, the, the choice is still available in some states. Uh, some states have fought against that choice and made, still made it available, um, even those uh, in spite of the Supreme Court decision. But, you know, there, there's choice after choice after choice for a woman. I mean, there's, um, this is, can be a hot topic as well, but uh, contraception and in, in, in ways to uh, not beco ever become pregnant. And, you know, all of those choices are laid aside and pregnancy happens and then uh, a terrible, bad decision is made that's going to affect a woman for the rest of her life. And, and some women sadly see abortion as uh, a contraception and that's terrible and you know that's what I'm against all of those forms of that um, you know I understand a mistake in, in those types of things but um, whether you agree with it or not I know you do but whether you agree with it or not the the choice um, to uh, have a baby or to abort the baby is going to affect a woman's entire life from that point. And my sister um, is a perfect example of that. Um, she, um, at a very young age, uh, became pregnant and in her um, fear of having a, a child and possibly having to raise it alone, she chose to have an abortion. And when she had the abortion, uh, the doctor damaged her reproductive organs. And she was never able to conceive and had multiple uh, miscarriages. And because she couldn't conceive, she um, had three marriages that were all very bad marriages. Um, and hate and um, just that that one decision, that one bad decision affected her her entire life and she died 
way before she should have. Thankfully, there's a, a goal lining at the end of this and she um, received salvation and I was able to baptize her in a swimming pool, uh, my good friend's swimming pool, just shortly before her death. But she literally died from hate. Mm. All bore out of that one mm. decision early in her life. And, and make no mistake about it, all of these things are hid from the public at large, the downside that women go through the rest of their life and damage that is done. And don't, don't think for one minute these issues and facts aren't hid from the public at large. We still can't even get uh, news and truth about the aftermath of taking the vaccine for COVID-19. They suppress all of those facts and hide all of those facts. As a matter of fact, one of the things, Brian, that the Lord showed me during the pandemic was the hypocrisy of those who claim to be pro-choice in the name of the sovereignty of their body. Yes. They, they claim sovereignty of their body uh, and that they have sovereignty of their body. But when the vaccine mandate came out, now we have true violation of the sovereignty of your body, not affecting another person's body on the inside of you. And where were the protesters? Yes. Where were all the advocates in the streets protesting the violation of the sovereignty of our bodies? They were silent, they were nowhere to be found. Why? They're hypocrites, brothers and sisters. It's not about the sovereignty of their body, it's about the sovereignty of another person that has a body on the inside of them. And so we need to speak up on this and we need to teach again uh, the scriptures on where life begins because again, we're on God's side yes. in, in this, this argument. He, yes. fit, he forbid the sacrificing of our children and, and the kings, many of them backslid and worshiped Baal. Yes. And they offered their children out of convenience, out of compromise, horrible things. Matter of fact, it brought judgment. When they started offering their children as sacrifices, it brought a form of judgment on the nation. This is why I'm so excited about it. At least nationally, we've repented. We've changed our mind. We've changed our, our direction in, in overturning Roe versus Wade. Uh, a good scripture, one, one that I haven't heard anybody talk about uh, in regards to life in the womb is Rebecca, Isaac's, Isaac's wife. Uh, and in Genesis 25, 21, now Isaac, Genesis 25, 21, now Isaac pleaded with the Lord for his wife because she was barren and the Lord granted his plea and Rebekah, his wife, conceived. But the children struggled together within her. Look at that again. But the children struggled together within her. It didn't say a tissue mass or watered down fetus and it had no, no life to it or action to it. No, these children, they're called children. They struggled together within her. And she said, if all is well, why am I like this? So she went to inquire of the Lord and verse 23 says, and the Lord said to her, two nations are in your womb. Two peoples shall be separated from your body. One people shall be stronger than the other and the older shall serve the younger. Think about that brothers and sisters. These are children on the inside of her. And what did God see? God didn't see a tissue mass. God didn't see a subhuman. 
God saw two children and God saw two nations and that wound up being Jacob and, and Esau. And they're struggling within her. Now, anyone who's honest, and there's a lot of dishonest people, and unfortunately, I guess a lot of dishonest Christians or people that claim to be Christians, how can you read something like that and not know that life begins in the womb and that that's a child? It's a human being. Yeah, I believe that that whole argument is just a political argument. I think they know better. I mean, this is not uh, apples to apples comparison, but if those same people, if the United States government came in and said, there's too many cats and dogs for the next six months, we're gonna, in the womb, we're gonna kill every cat and dog that's in the womb. I mean, the, the, that would start World War III. <laughs> and, they, and they wouldn't yeah. see it the same then for sure. Yeah. And, and how much yeah. more important is a human life over a cat and dog? I mean, there's no comparison, but they would try to compare it. And so it's just a, a ridiculous argument Amen. in my opinion, always has been. Um, life starts at conception when the seed and the egg meet together and, you know, in even well past um, there being a heartbeat and in, in different forms of um, child growth, they're, they're ready to extinguish those lives. And it's getting later and later. What, what started out as abortions only with, you know, um, someone who's sexually molested or something like that, that's where that started and now an inch was given and they've taken a mile yeah. and and it hasn't ended they're they're pushing for you know death at abortion at birth where the if the parent doesn't want the child after the child's born then the baby can be killed then and it's just getting ridiculous more ridiculous than what it already was well that's what happens when we don't stand up and we don't speak the truth in love and quicken the conscience even of a nation uh, I've always been perplexed by slavery and how could it happen? How could people condone it? How could the church? I remember a, a, a man kind of chided me and said, well, during the days of slavery in the 1800s, the church, you know, didn't speak up and didn't speak out against that, that evil. And again, it's always been hard for me to conceive it. How could an entire culture become deadened to the evil of slavery, but they did. And there were churches that voted for people, especially Democrats in the South, uh, that were propagating and promoting and promising for slavery to continue. And I looked at that person and I said, oh, does the church you go to, since you're, since you're condemning the church uh, decades ago, where's the church today? Is, does your church stand up and out against abortion? Or do you promote out of your very church candidates that, that, that promote and celebrate abortion? And it's the same evil spirit and it, a culture can deaden its conscience to ignore it. And, and 60 million, approximately 60 million people have lost their lives because basically the silence of the church. Uh, John the Baptist in Luke chapter 1 verse 15, it says he was filled with the Holy Spirit from his mother's womb. The New Living Translation says in the womb that John the Baptist was filled with the Holy Spirit in his mother's 
womb. Acts chapter 2 says God's going to pour out the Holy Spirit on your sons and your daughters, not on tissue masses, Amen. not on a fetus uh, that is lifeless. No, He pours out His Spirit on our sons and our daughters. And in that same chapter of Luke chapter 1, Mary came to see Elizabeth who was pregnant because she had just gotten word from the angel Gabriel that she's going to have a child supernaturally. And it says, when she came in the, in the, in the room and began to share what the angel Gabriel had told her, the Bible says that John the Baptist leaped in Elizabeth's womb. Think about that, brothers and sisters. That means he heard Mary's voice in the womb. And that means he was alive in the womb. Man, there are so many, and we're going to try to get into some more scriptures to help better equip you to be a person of life and to stand for life. We are going to come back in 90 seconds and take your calls. Let me give you the phone number again, 719-619-2341. We'd love to hear from you. And again, we're going to continue sharing on life in the womb and the value of human life in the womb. We'll be back in 90 seconds. We are the antidote for what's happening in this world. But you need to see beyond the physical. And I believe that the greatest days of the church are ahead. God has a word for you. God has a plan for you. And God is raising up an army that knows how to fight the right fight the right way. At Truth and Liberty Coalition, we have big plans to make a big impact. If you want to be a part of turning our nation back to God, I want to invite you to become a supporter of Truth and Liberty. You can go on our website at truthandliberty.net to the donate page and make a gift there. And you can also sign up to be uh, make a recurring automatic gift of $5 or more per month, and then you'll become a Truth and Liberty member. And uh, our gifts to Truth and Liberty are not tax deductible, but I promise you, God sees your generosity. So go to Truth Liberty and become a member today. We got to stop looking at this word as someday. We got to look at it, it is for now. And the Spirit of God, don't you think is big enough to teach you, to show you how to do things? Stop thinking that one day when I am super spiritual or when I have the money I need. No, start doing what he called you to do right now with the strength you have. So Father, we say yes to that today. Hello everyone, welcome back to Truth and Liberty. I'm with my good friend, Pastor Brian Norman, and uh, he sits on a, a board that is a pro-life and proactive for life board. And uh, man, this will be a great time to, to call in and, and ask some questions. I know he would love to field those. Again, the, the number is 719-619-2341. Um, before we start taking calls, um, I wanted to, to continue with the scriptures because if you are a, a pro-life person, you need to understand it's not only that God is on your side, you are on God's side when you stand for life, especially life in the womb. There is no more innocent person on the planet. There's no more uh, situation where a person can't defend itself. 
It can't speak for itself. And one of the most righteous, noble things we can do is to stand for the life of the, of the, of the unborn. And Jeremiah was one of the scriptures that as a young pastor, um, I, I saw the power of life in the womb. In Jeremiah uh, chapter 1, verse 5, before I formed you in the womb, before I formed you in the womb, I knew you before you were born. I sanctified you, I ordained you a prophet to the nations. Wow, that is so powerful. That's so clear that God is the author of life, all life. And God forms us in our mother's, our mother's womb. So the reason abortion is so egregious is it's an attack on God's creation. It's attack on the sovereignty of God over even human life. And he was even called a prophet before he was born in his mother's womb. That's how valuable you are. That's how much God knew you. That's how much God preordained a purpose for your life, that I was sanctified and set apart in my mother's womb to be doing what I'm doing. Now, the good news for me is that God called me before I did anything right or wrong Amen. in my mother's womb. But we have to see from the perspective of the Word of God, a biblical worldview is, is life begins at conception in the womb. And that God knew you, He knew me, not only in my mother's womb, He knew us before He, he formed us in our mother's womb. And so we want to start taking a few questions. Did you have anything else you wanted to weigh in on? Yeah, uh, one thing that um, I think is important to talk about, and we can expound on this later, is that there is over 25 uh, scriptures in the Old Testament talking about child sacrifice. I know that abortion specifically is not mentioned in the New Testament, but the Old Testament is filled with child sacrifice, and it, it is, this is child sacrifice. Um, children are being um, killed on the altar of convenience and pleasure. And they're invisible altars now, uh, where in the Old Testament there was a physical stone altar, but there's scriptures filled in the Old Testament where um, God displaced the nations that Israel um, ended up coming in and taking over that land. God displaced those people. Um, for one, one of those reasons was because they were sacrificing their children. And their scriptures, I've got several here, where Israel was um, the, basically God's final judgment on Israel um, when he said enough's enough. Uh, they, were, they started those same practices of what was going on before they took over the land, uh, Canaan, the land where later Israel. And, and we have to tie those two things together because people will come and say, well, I don't see abortion as a problem in Scripture. Well, it is a problem because it was child sacrifice in the Old Testament again and again and again. Amen. Well, that's so important, so powerful. Uh, let's go ahead and go to the phones. We'll start fielding some of your questions or your comments, and we'd love to hear from you. Uh, we've got Donna uh, from Texas. Uh, she is a part of Truth and Liberty. It appears she's a partner 
with, with AWMI and Truth and Liberty. So we're very grateful, Donna. Thank you for calling. Uh, what's your question? You're welcome. You know, I had heard years ago, I'm not sure how long ago, and I'm not sure how I heard it, but that when when the seed and the egg meet for the baby, that there's like a, a, a spark of light. Have you ever yeah. heard that? Yeah, I, I have. I'm not as uh, well well schooled in that. I'm, I'm sure that again is a uh, a scientific uh, um, discovery that's awesome. And I'll let Brian probably weigh in on this here in just a minute. But let me just say, as uh, someone who loves Jesus with all my heart and life, especially even now eternal life, I guarantee you whether science can prove that or not, when that sperm and that egg unite, there is a spark of life. The very nature of God, the image of God is reproduced in that life immediately. It doesn't mean they're sinless or, or perfect, but God's image is transmitted into, into, that, into that human being at the instant of, of conception. They have the, the glory of God on them. They, they have the, the honor of God upon them. But uh, why don't you weigh in on that? Yeah, there, there are actually videos of that, that conception taking place and there's a flash of light. They wow. actually have YouTube videos where you can look it up. Now, scientists will say that that occurs with every animal, but yet there's no video of every, any other animal except <laughs> for human beings. So, uh, you know, I don't know, Amen. I can't prove that it only happens in human beings, but that's the only videos that are available is yeah. the egg and, and the seed coming together and there is an explosion of light in, in a very, very dark place inside of a woman's womb. Yeah, so. and that is, I, I've not seen that. I, I, I'd like to see that. I probably will have to look that up because I just believe it in my heart because of what conception is, what, what human life is, human life being so precious to God and value to God. Uh, Pastor Mark mentioned about animals and, 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 and people, you know, saying things about animals and, and preferring animals above human life. And Jesus actually addressed this in his earthly ministry a couple of times. He talked about, do you not realize you're more valuable than animals? And yeah. I've taught on that before and I've had to publicly say, now listen, there are some people maybe among us even, they don't know we're more valuable than animals. Right. But we are more valuable than, than the animals. And uh, what, a, what a beautiful picture though. I really can't wait to maybe see one of those videos of the light. And remember brothers and sisters, some people are not going to believe God no matter what. Jesus had so much life in him, and when he spoke so much life, his words were filled with life. Uh, words are spirit and life. And he raised Lazarus from the dead, life going into a, a, a tomb, a dark yes. tomb. Yes. And a, I guarantee you a spark happened in that tomb. <laughs> and Lazarus is raised from the dead. And yet there were still people that doubted God, that didn't turn to God. We keep thinking that there's a point where, you know, enough evidence even is going to change people from unbelief. Brothers and sisters, some people aren't going to believe no matter what, but you and I need to believe and receive the truth about life in the womb. Let's take another question here. And this is a good question in our hour because of our politics uh, declining and decaying. 
and the culture uh, is is affecting politics. There's a lot of politicians that think they have to run on a pro-choice platform uh, to even be elected. So the question is, can candidates win with a life uh, from conception platform? Can candidates today win with a life uh, and, and pro-life platform? And let me just say this, uh, and then I want Brian again to weigh in. Um, there's a point that there are some things, brothers and sisters, whether we're going to win or lose, you have to have a conscience. You, you have to, to do the right thing. And I know politics is about compromise. Politics is about uh, finding a, a place of agreement where you have to give up this, and, but you gain that. I get that. It's the part of the politics I don't care for, right. uh, but I understand it's a part of politics. But when it comes to life or death, just like can a, in 1860, could a politician win uh, if they were against slavery, abolitionist? Uh, there was a point where the entire Republican Party was birthed out of Abraham Lincoln absolutely saying, whether I get elected or I don't get elected, this is evil. And somebody, even on a political a political platform needs to be for God and for life. And we need to quit voting for people that aren't pro-life. The question is, can Christians wake up and vote for yeah. people that are for God, that have a conscience, that haven't, haven't seared their conscience with a hot iron? Uh, because what we're seeing is our politics is downstream from culture. Uh, the culture has to change. That's why I did a book on counter culture, that there'll come a day that I believe my eyes could see no politician can be elected that believes in killing babies. Yeah. That's the issue. We have to change and the politicians will follow uh, the culture. That's really good. I, I think the answer to the question is absolutely. And, and I can't name uh, several just right offhand, but if the candidate is a good candidate and they're and that's just part of their platform, I definitely believe that they can. But to your point, uh, Christians have to show up. Uh, this idea, and this is a whole nother show, a whole nother segment, uh, but the idea that Christians aren't voting or you know they don't think it's their call to vote and all this nonsense, I mean, that's crazy. I mean, the world is the way it is today because we haven't been doing our job in voting uh, Christian men and women into local government, state government, uh, county government, and then the national government. That's Amen. A huge part of it. Amen. And and sometimes that's hard for people to receive because what Pastor Brian is saying is it it falls at the the feet of the of the pulpit. It falls at the feet of the pastors in equipping our people better, in sharing truth, and sharing it in love. And, and things of that nature. Again, I just, I'm, I'm sitting here having a moment of how could I be living in a world that has hardened their heart, deadened their conscience to think that you can take a human life with, with no sense of remorse, no sense of conscience. Uh, I, I taught Brian years ago uh, 
and was describing, and maybe I was wrong, I don't know, I still feel good in my heart that I did the right thing, but I was, I was describing a, portion, a partial birth abortion because I had young people in our church that didn't even know what a partial birth abortion is, yet you're going to vote for somebody that supports a partial birth abortion. Yeah. Killing a baby halfway outside the womb, sticking a needle in its head, crushing its skull while it's still halfway in and halfway out of its mother's womb. Well, I had a few people that just got up and walked out. One lady specifically stormed out. I knew her. And so as a pastor that wants to love people, uh, I at least went to her and asked, you know, what did I say that was so offensive? <laughs> and, uh, and she said, well, you describing a partial, partial birth abortion, I think that's the most horrible thing you could be doing in the pulpit. And yet she supported the act yeah. of a portion. She voted for people right. that supported the act of a partial birth abortion. In other words, me bringing it to people's attention was a greater evil in her mind than somebody doing it. Yeah. Somebody doing it. That's how backslidden we are. And I'm not condemning us, myself, or anybody else, but we need to repent. We need to come back to God and, and certain values uh, and principles that are unmovable. And this is one of them. All right, let's go to our phones again. We, we've got uh, Mar Marcia from Oregon, and I appreciate you calling, Marcia. Uh, what's your question for us today? Um, hi. Um, I want to know um, what you do when you were um, falsely accused like Joseph when it's somebody um, like um, somebody that's high up in the rankings, like uh, for Joseph, it, you know, was the, you know, the um, pharaoh that was in command, but this is law enforcement, and, and, and I know the personal person um, mm. that did it. What you yeah, think? yeah. Yeah, that, that's a that's a that's a bad situation. This is this is where uh, thank God for the Holy Spirit in our lives, yeah. and how that the Holy Spirit speaks to us where we are, and He understands the nuance of different situations. There's not just a a, a black and white uh, generic answer to some of the situations we face in life, and that's why God gave us the Holy Spirit. So in Joseph's case. Um, he, he remained silent. He suffered wrongfully for doing the right thing, but God honored him, but not after much suffering. Uh, and yet he became second only to Pharaoh in the end. Uh, and so there's a principle of, of still doing the right thing and trusting God to vindicate you. On the other hand, there's some situations I've been in, Marcia. Uh, I'll let Brian, I'm sure he's maybe got some situations that he can weigh in on, but I've been in situations where I felt the right thing was to go to my accuser and at least try to clear it up. Uh, some people don't want it cleared up, so you still wind up having to suffer uh, for being falsely accused, trusting God to vindicate you. Uh, so I don't know, unless I had more time with you, uh, I could hear the whole story and even pray if you just move on, I know in the ministry, I get falsely accused every day, and I can't, I can't get distracted 
going and trying to defend myself or explain myself. God has to vindicate me. But there's been some personal things that have happened to me that people were misinformed and, and I felt I owed them the right to at least give them the proper information. Now, if they still want to believe a lie, there's nothing I can do about it. But I've cleared up a lot of stuff by just going to my, to my accuser and, and at least confronting it. So, uh, before I let you go, Marsha, uh, maybe Brian has something. Well, you know, if there's, um, if, if it's, you know, police that are accusing you of something you didn't do or a city official or something like that, I mean, prayer is the, the key there, but the, the problem typically is, I believe, that you're afraid of, you know, the news coming out or, um, you know, uh, whatever that may look like that, and, and you feel shame about it. And you know what, at the end of the day, I, I care what God thinks about me, not what man thinks yeah. about me, and that's where I'm going to end up at the end of every single day, regardless of who's accusing me of what. So. Yeah, this is this is good stuff that it, 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 the people that don't call in that that would like to ask the question, you should be getting some help right now too. And again, when it comes to law enforcement, uh, I would I would I would tend to incline to try to try to confront it. Uh, so that it doesn't continue an abuse to other innocent people. Uh, so even the fact that it's law enforcement, uh, I would pray about how to, how to confront it in love. Uh, but I hope that helps, Marsha. I appreciate you calling all the way from Oregon. Thanks for being a part of Truth and Liberty. All right, we've got A.J. again, one of our good friends from Colorado. Uh, A.J., what's your question, please? Hey, Pastor Dwayne, Pastor Brian. Thanks for having me on again. Thanks for being on. Yes, sir. Okay, so in Numbers 5, and I'll have to give a little context because I don't know if you guys read Numbers all the time, but Numbers <laughs> 5, <laughs> it talks about if a woman is uh, potentially caught in adultery, her husband takes her to the priest, and then the priest, uh, it boils down to has her drink bitter water, and then if she's found guilty, it says, um, her belly shall swell and her thighs shall rot, and the woman shall be a curse among her people, um, and then she shall not conceive. But if she's not found guilty, then she shall be able to conceive. So the way I'm understanding it is when she's guilty, does that baby die? At worst, it's death, but at best, she becomes infertile after the baby. Do you guys know anything about this? Yeah, it, it's not talking about her conceiving. It's talking about adultery. Yeah. It's talking about her unfaithfulness. There's no mention of the unfaithfulness has produced a child, and now there's a consequence to the child. Right. Uh, the whole issue is her faithfulness to her husband, and uh, if she has been unfaithful, uh, then there is a consequence of her becoming barren. It makes no mention of miscarriage or any child as a part of the affair. Many times people have an affair and they don't get pregnant. Uh, that's not the issue in that, in that particular uh, story. Uh, let me just quickly say uh, that the whole issue there is a type and a shadow of our relationship with Jesus as our husband. Ephesians chapter 5 talks about how that Jesus is the head of the church and that he's the husband 
of us, the church, his bride. We're like a wife to the Lord, and the Lord is our husband. And so that, that law, it was called the law of jealousy, the law of jealousy. And, and the husband had a right to have her tested, and it was horrible. The, if she was innocent, it was horrible. If she was guilty, it was horrible. But the issue in the story is her faithfulness, and it, it's a type and a shadow of Christ and the church that when we're unfaithful to Jesus in our relationship with Him, we become barren. We, we, we produce no fruit. We bear no fruit in the relationship. But when we're faithful to the Lord, like in the, in the law of jealousy, that's when we conceive as the church, as the bride of Christ, and we bring forth much fruit. So the issue there in, in the law of jealousy has nothing to do with uh, child, uh, 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 a miscarriage or the baby and the consequences to the baby. It has everything to do with faithfulness to, to her husband. And let me just say this too, AJ, there was no reciprocal law. The woman could never have the man tested. Yeah. And men are unfaithful in marriage relationships, in some cases more than women. And so that's when I got the revelation that this isn't talking about uh, just the natural. Jesus is never tested in our relationship with him. Uh, he was tested at the cross for you and I in bearing our sins and a cup of suffering. As his, as his bride, as his wife now, we are the ones that have sufferings in our life and bitter cups of suffering. We are the ones tested in a trial, not Jesus. Uh, he passed his test at Calvary. Now we are proving our faithfulness as we walk with him. I didn't know if Brian wanted to lean in. Well, just for viewers that might have trouble with that scripture, I mean, that's obviously in the law, and we're not under the law anymore. Matthew 5:17 talks about Jesus Christ fulfilling the law. So those things don't apply to Christians anymore. Obviously, we need to have an understanding of it, but it doesn't apply to us anymore. We're not going to drink bitter waters like Amen. that anymore and be tested Amen. and all of that. That's part of the law. Amen. So. And that, that's so important, too, that those kind of things are definitely the things we're no longer under or apply to us. But the principle and the spiritual uh, type and yes. shadow that God was foreshadowing has been fulfilled now in Jesus as our, our husband. All right, we've only got a few minutes left in this section, but let's go to, to Maria in Illinois. Uh, thank you so much for calling, Maria. Uh, what is your question, please? Hi, I have a question about, um, I know how it says in the Bible of how we're supposed to um, honor our mother and father, but how do we honor an ungodly parent when they would rather see you fail than succeed? Amen. When they take stabs at your um, self-esteem that has only been built with what God has blessed you with. My yeah, go ahead, Mary. I'm mothers. sorry. Yeah, I, I experienced that in my own personal life. Uh, my parents were not serving the Lord. Uh, and let me just say, Ephesians 6 says, Obey and honor your parents in the Lord, for this is right. So there is a honoring of our parents in the Lord, but yet there's still an honoring of our parents at some measure 
even if they're not in the Lord. Yeah. And so I honored my mom and dad, even though they weren't serving Jesus. How did I honor them? By not judging them, criticizing them, uh, talking bad about them in public, uh, dishonoring them. Many times honor comes in not dishonoring. Right. Uh, so I never dishonored my parents. Uh, I loved them. I respected them. But uh, I, I obeyed God and I followed God in my life. And it was actually me honoring God that convicted my parents of my relationship with the Lord. And I wound up leading my parents to the Lord and my siblings, all my siblings to the Lord. So there's, a, there's an honoring of your parents in the sense you wouldn't even be here without them. So you owe them that. Yeah. They did offer a roof over your head, clothes on your back, food on your table. There were many things I could honor my parents for, even though they weren't godly, even though they, they, they contributed to a damaged self-esteem that I had. So be respectful is how you honor them. Don't run them down is how you honor them. Uh, prefer them in the sense as they get older, don't, don't neglect treating them the way God's called you to treat them, no matter how they treated you. Uh, so those are just some things. Again, we're running short of time. So, Brian? Yeah, I mean, the last thing I would say is once you move out of the home and you're 20 years of age, you're doing a great teaching on that, Pastor Dwayne, uh, you know, it, honor isn't obeying everything that your parents say at that point. Yeah. Honor is, you know, loving them, um, respecting their opinion, it, listening to their opinion, even if you don't follow it. I mean, people take honor way too far and make it something it isn't. Absolutely. So. Excellent. Excellent answer, Pastor Brian. That, that's important that you separate to obey from honor. Uh, honor is respect. Honor is preferring them. Again, things I've already said. But once you're 20 years old, and especially now you've come out from under their, their parental covering, uh, you're under no obligation to have to obey them or everything they say you have to do. Uh, now, I've got some teaching on this that would help you, uh, but I hope that at least answers your question. Does that help, Maria? Yes, it helps. Yeah. Always be, you know, respectful to them, kind to them. Uh, never run them down in public. Uh, and the reason, and let me just say this before we go to our next uh, break, uh, the reason God tells you, Maria, to honor them isn't for them. It's for you. Amen. <laughs> the reason you honor your parents is that you will live long on the earth and things will go well for you. So I hope that really helps. We're going to take a 90-second break and come back to your calls in 90 seconds. At Truth and Liberty Coalition, we work to unify, educate, and mobilize the body of Christ to change nations. That's why I want to encourage you to go to our website at truthandliberty.net and subscribe so that you can begin receiving regular updates uh, about our show, news items, action alerts, blog posts, and much, much more. Uh, all you have to do is go to the website, click subscribe, share your email address, and you'll begin to be equipped to stand for truth in the public square. Are you in ministry and want to connect with other like-minded ministers? Andrew Womack founded the Association of Related Ministries International, or ARMY, to serve, equip, and empower you for success in your ministry through relationships, community, and resources. But just being a part of this, uh, being filled with the Word of God and with ARMY, and fellowshipping, knowing that I have other ministers with me, it is awesome. 
We have met such precious people through Army. Uh, there's people I know I can call when I'm in a jam. Ministers have a safe place to come. We can unify and unite for the kingdom. As an Army member, some of the benefits you'll enjoy are Bible teaching correspondence courses, regional advocates for personal support and ministry, regional events for networking, one-on-one -on -one ministry and encouragement, our monthly newsletter, and more. You don't have to do ministry alone. Join this growing network of dynamic and elite ministers from across the U.S. and around the world today. Hey everyone, welcome back to Truth and Liberty. I'm your host, Dwayne Sheriff. I've got my good friend here, Pastor Brian Norman. And uh, we're just weighing in on the issue of pro-life versus pro-choice. Uh, what does God's Word say about this subject? And we'd love to hear from you. You can call us at 719-619-2341. Uh, and let me give out the number for prayer as well. We're seeing a lot of people come to repentance over this issue of abortion. All the people I just talked about, there are, there's pastors that are coming to repentance yeah. that haven't s stood up and spoke out. And, and so prayer is a, a, a vital part of this, of receiving our forgiveness, uh, being cleansed and washed. So our prayer line is 719-635-1111. And these people that are standing by, brothers and sisters, they're amazing people of prayer. They've been taught and trained how to pray, what to pray. Uh, um, why to pray. If you're even struggling about prayer, uh, call the prayer line. It's an incredible prayer line. It's open 24-7, seven days a week. That's amazing. I don't even know if there's another prayer line out there like that, but here at AWMI, we really want to be available to pray. Some women may need to be prayed for and led on how do you, how do you get this guilt off. Again, uh, parents that have pressured their daughters. How do you get this guilt off? Uh, man, we got people that can pray for you and help you. 719-635-1111. Our call-in line is 719-619-2341. We'd really love to hear from you. Maybe you've got a comment that would contribute to, to understanding pro-life versus pro-choice. We'd love to hear from you. Uh, and any comments that you would you think would maybe help the listening audience. People need encouraged in this area. Politicians need encouraged, et cetera, et cetera. All right, let's go back to the phones. And we've got Kim from Colorado. Thank you so much for calling, Kim. And what is your question today? Um, good afternoon, pastors. Uh, I so appreciate seeing both of you. Thank sure. you. Um, Brian, we lo we're loving the church up there in Woodland Park. Thank you. Um, Due to my disability and and being further away, um, what can I do? We live in a small town, and as with our governor, when he was going through his election, I did everything I could to go out and tell the community uh, about his abortion status or stance. And... That was about all I could do, and I just feel like, what else can I do? What can I do if I'm not able to actually get out there and, and do those things, which I know this MS is probably to stop me, but I don't want to be stopped. So 
Amen. What can I do? <laughs> well, we, we want to believe I've, I've seen quite a few people healed of MS. Amen. And so I want to give you hope uh, for God's healing because I do believe part, and in this, this, I'm not being insensitive here, but as you just stated, I think many times the disabilities that come into our lives are to keep us from fulfilling God's plan. It's the enemy trying to keep us from being active, being proactive. Uh, so I just want to, to agree in prayer with you, first of all, Kim, uh, for your healing. Uh, second of all, th that's how you fight back, though, the, the disease is by seeking God and coming up with other ways to, to stay active and to, to minister to people, because that's what you were doing. You were ministering to people, trying to save uh, lives. Uh, that's a ministry, trying yes. to prepare people better to understand uh, what pro-life is really all about is a ministry. Uh, so uh, Brian may have some things here, so I'm going to pass the ball off uh, because of the board that he sets on. There may be ways you can connect to some pregnancy centers and from home uh, get some things done. I didn't mean to cross over on your turf there. No, no, no. Uh, I mean, Vetting, you know, we would need to vet you, obviously, but and make sure that um, what you want to do is in line with what um, life is trying to do. But uh, I mean, first of all, do whatever you can do. Don't let the devil diminish what you are doing and cause you shame or anything else. Do whatever you can do. You will make a difference, first of all. Uh, secondly, um, you know, whether it's helping out with elections or helping out with pro-life organizations, um, they're always needing people to c make phone calls during elections, um, reaching out to people. There's tons of ways you can help, but do physically, I, I agree with Pastor Dwayne, do whatever you can do physically, and the Lord's going to bless that. And, and I believe that's one way healing takes place, by stretching what we believe we can do and stretching our body. And then um, maybe a month later, two months later, you'll be able to do more. So don't ever give up. Just keep on pressing forward and don't let the devil diminish what you are doing. Amen. Does that help, Kim? That helps tremendously. Thank Good. you very much. Well, let me pray for you and thank you again for calling. Thank you for caring. Uh, complacency, apathy is what is what has created uh, this this vacuum for evil and darkness to 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 fill, and we need people all over this nation rising up like yourself. Even even if you feel handicapped in some way or limited, uh, uh, we need to we need to do what we can. Uh, Paul said in First Corinthians three that he planted, Apollos watered but it was God that gave the increase. We all have something we can be doing, planting yeah. or watering, but we all need to trust God for the harvest, for hearts turning toward Him, because uh, He's the Lord of the harvest. So Father, I just thank You for Kim. I, I thank You for her, her purity of heart. I thank You for her desire to have an impact, to make a difference for good. And, and what the enemy meant for harm, I just pray it be turned around, Father. I pray that you give her the passion and the ability to work for home for a season to still have an impact and that she not be stopped. But I also pray for the Holy Spirit to quicken 
her mortal body. In Jesus' name, we thank you, Father, for hearing us. We thank you, Holy Spirit, for manifesting the will of the Father. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Thank you so much for calling, Kim. We appreciate it very, very much. One of our questions that has been submitted is, uh, what accountability can or should the Father have? And, and I, I'm assuming that question is in the light of uh, uh, pregnancy or uh, the issue of the abortion. Uh, so, Brian, would you like to weigh in on that? Well, that's a very difficult question to answer. And biblically, we, we I mean, it would biblically be difficult to find an exact answer to that question. But I believe that there will be accountability definitely for, for uh, a man, whether they're in wedlock or not, and they encourage a, the girlfriend or a wife or whatever it is um, to get an abortion. There's definitely going to be accountability. I mean, we've talked a lot about um, abortion, it, it being murder, but uh, there's one word that we've left out quite a bit in sin. Murder is a sin. Abortion is a sin. And the husband is going, or the boyfriend, or the one night stand, whatever it is, the, that man is going to have accountability before the Lord someday as well. Um, you know, the man needs to do the same thing the woman needs to do and get right with the Lord and accept his forgiveness. Um, but there's going to be accountability for that as well. I mean, a loss of life, it, it takes two people to create life. And why is it just the woman that's going to be accountable if there's a loss of life? It's not just the woman's decision. It's going to, there's going to be accountability on both sides, I promise you. Oh, absolutely. And, and the scriptures do make reference to, to sexual sin throughout the entire Old yes. Covenant. And the woman was not the only one held accountable right. to sexual sin. Uh, even out of wedlock, uh, the, the, the man was held accountable for defiling what, what the scriptures talk about, a virgin of, of, of Israel. And so there's accountability on both sides in that way. There's also responsibility for men to step up and, and, and take accountable a, an accountable role in the, this decision-making. Yes. There needs to be more husbands. There needs to be more boyfriends. There needs to be more men that if you've made a mistake, man up yeah. and, 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 and speak to the girl and help convince her to keep the child, not eliminate the child. So there's not only accountability for doing what's wrong in sexual relationships in the Bible. There's accountability to stand up and do the right thing now yes. uh, by your child uh, and by the, by the woman, especially in the marriage relationship. Man, the world just acts like this is totally a woman's decision and a husband has nothing to do with that decision. That, that's the world, brothers and sisters. That's darkness. That's that's not God's plan for marriage. The husbands should be able to weigh in on this. And many of them, unfortunately, weigh in even husbands in a negative way, being held accountable, pushing her into an abortion. But they need to weigh in, too, to save the life of the child, to be the dad now. Uh, you're big enough to make a baby. You need to be big enough to raise a baby. And so there's accountability on the positive and on the negative in regards to that. All right, let's take another uh, question. This is more of a comment, 
And I wish we would get some calls on this. Uh, we would love to interact with people over how they feel about some of the things that have been said, some of the questions being asked. Uh, but one of the comments that came in is what happened to the politicians saying, my body, my choice, when it came to COVID vaccines? Man, it shows you again. I mean, I love that comment. Uh, yeah. I'm gonna put that in my heart, uh, revealing the hypocrisy again. They were screaming, my body, my choice, when it came to abortion, marching in the streets, when things were being overturned, uh, you saw women crawling at the Supreme Court and claw, <laughs> man, bless people's heart, clawing on the doors yeah. of the Supreme Court, you know, declaring my body, my choice. Well, it is your body, but there's another body on the inside of you that is a life that came from God. That's right. That God honored you in this life to be a carrier of that life, to be a protector of that life. And it shows the hypocrisy again. The streets should have been filled with these protesters. Yeah. If they were principle driven, not, not deceivers, if they were principle driven, driven on my body, my choice, we'd have saw, we, we would have saw the streets filled with signs and protest. This, this mandated vaccine would have been stopped in its tracks dead had people that say, my body, my choice, been the real deal. They're not the real deal. It's all smoke and mirrors. It's all deception and it's all coming to light. And I believe God's raising up a generation that can see the hypocrisy and are turning to the Lord. Yeah, down those same lines. I mean, it's a different subject, but uh, abortion in America, in the United States, it's population control. And they are trying to, um, you know, extinguish babies' lives as population control, but it's okay to allow thousands and thousands of illegal immigrants across the southern border, and they're populating the United States. So those two things fly in the face of each other. I mean, when will we stop this madness and, and correct both of those things? They both need to be corrected. Absolutely. And, and do not be deceived, brothers and sisters. Uh, there is an agenda behind all of this. There's always something yes. that is unseen that's hiding behind the things we see. And again, just like I've had to, to deal with, with slavery and how could it happen? And how do, we, how do we not let things like that ever happen again? Abortion, again, is the same type principle of what is the agenda behind this? What is the demonic part of it? And, and, and when you go through scriptures, um, there's, there's a couple of accounts where Satan was so intimidated by, by a deliverer being born yeah. that the devil actually, actually saw something that God's people didn't see. In the days of, of Moses, it was like Satan saw, there's a deliverer here. And what did he do? He moved upon politicians. He moved upon governments to eliminate the children. Yes. Kill them all. Yes. And of course, God in his sovereign work for bringing forth the deliverer Moses, it's a tremendous story of how God saved him and raised him and ultimately used him to bring deliverance. What's the, what's the second major account that the devil saw? Yes. And how did he move? 
when Jesus was born, it, it threatened the devil. He knew this is a, a deliverer. Um, I'm not sure he understood it to be the Messiah, but he, he understood, I better kill all the kids. Right. I got to kill all the kids and wipe out from two years old down because there was a deliverer. And the people of God didn't see the deliverer was among them. And so when we look at what's going on here, could there be a, a movement of God afoot that threatens Satan and that we've seen an assault on, on, on babies, yes. on, on children in the womb because the principalities and darkness know that their time is shortened. And I believe it's not by accident. And I believe a great awakening is on the horizon and that God's sovereignty has, has separated a remnant that's going to bring deliverance, not only to our nation, but the world. And when you, and I don't know how far you want to go with this either, uh, Pastor, but, you know, I, I had to do some studying in my book, Counterculture, on the Great Reset. And that there are people, brothers and sisters, that are slipping up more and more and revealing their agenda. And this thing of population control is real. People are scared that we're destroying the planet. They don't understand the theology of the planet and that God has reserved this planet for his judgment. We cannot save this planet and we can't destroy this planet. Our arrogance is over the top. And yet people think they can control the weather. And there are some people high up in, in our world that want to start this reset button. And part of it is population control. Uh, there is a spirit of death that's out there. So yeah. I don't know if you want to weigh in well, on that or not. I, I, I would just say that it, it has been said at, at the very highest levels of our government on accident more than once. But I mean, there's been people that openly talked about it. People in our government, uh, liberals in our government that openly talked about there being popula population control in this country. So it's no secret. I mean, they, they are trying to hide it, but that's in a major agenda for them for some reason. I mean, I don't understand it, but it's happening. Amen. It's evil. I do it's understand that. It's just evil, that. period. Yes. And, and the, man, the rabbit holes I had to go down in the, in the writing of my book, Counterculture, uh, it was so dark. Yeah. that I didn't even want to write it uh, that, that is out there. Um, and so we, we just need to be for life, period, Amen. and stand against <laughs> this darkness. All right, we've got a call now from Ann in North Carolina. Thank you so much, Ann, for calling. Uh, welcome to Truth and Liberty. What's your question, please? Can I uh, just say something before I ask the question? I had an abortion when I was young. I didn't know I had a choice. And I've hazed myself ever since. It almost makes me cry just thinking about it. Well, we're going to pray for and you I no matter what. That I'm going to go to hell when I no. die. Thank you for I'm calling in. You need to, man, I, I, I wish we were uh, watched right now by millions. Millions of people need to hear what Ann just said. And uh, my heart just goes out to you, Ann. And first of all, uh, God's mercy and forgiveness uh, is available for all of us. Yes. Uh, in God's eyes, now sin, horizontal, in man's eyes, there can be categories and dimensions of sin, lesser and greater. You know, stealing 
from, from Kmart a uh, pack of gum is sin and, and wrong, but it, it doesn't compare to adultery. So horizontally, you can measure different degrees of sin. But from God's position, sin is sin. And from the work of the cross, Jesus died as much for you, Anne, and, and to cleanse your conscience and to destroy guilt in what, what you did as much as somebody stealing a pack of gum from, from Kmart. Uh, the same blood was shed for my sins that have been cleansed and my conscience that's been purged is the same exact blood that's been shed for your conscience and for your sins to be cleansed. So that's number one is that there's forgiveness with God and I'm going to pray with you and you need to receive your forgiveness. You don't need to hate yourself for anything and sin you've committed any more than I need to hate myself for any sin that I've committed. Jesus does not want that. He loves you. And again, you'll see your baby again. He's, he's, he's raising your baby. God is raising your baby in heaven right now. So he loves you. That's number one. Number two, you're definitely not going to hell uh, for any sin. We don't go to hell for sins in our life. There's only one sin that sends people to hell, and that's the rejection of Jesus. That's the rejection of the blood and faith in the blood that forgives you and cleanses you of your sin. So I want to let I want to let Brian speak into this, and then Ann, please don't hang up. We want to pray for you. Yeah, I, I mean, just like with my sister that we talked about at the beginning. It, I mean, she, she died from hate and unforgiveness, and and she hated herself. The exact same situation, and. If Jesus has forgiven you, why haven't you forgiven yourself? If you if you are a believer and, and Jesus forgave you, he's done the hard work, you need to forgive yourself. And you need to do it today. You need to lay all that guilt and shame at his feet and walk away from it and stop picking it up. Amen. So. Amen. Can I pray for you, Ann? Yes, please. Father, first of all, I thank you for this precious lady. I'm sorry, Ann, I meant to ask you, have you made Jesus the Lord of your life? I have, have you? thanks to... Well, see, you, you're saved. You belong to yes. Him. And so now all you need to do is to receive the cleansing of your conscience. Receive by faith the love of God and the forgiveness of God. So you're, you're going to heaven based on your faith in Jesus. So that answers your, your second question. The first question is what Brian just said, forgive yourself. So I'm going to lead you in a prayer, Ann. Um, say this after, after me and with me. Heavenly Father. Heavenly Father. I thank you. I thank you. For Jesus Christ. For Jesus Christ. And his blood shed for me and his blood shed for me for the removal of all my sins I'm going to cry That's all right. about my sins He and I believe I receive I believe I received my forgiveness my forgiveness for all my sins for all my sins Thank you for loving me Thank you for loving me. And thank you for changing me. Thank you for changing me. And helping me overcome. Helping me overcome. All my past. All my past. In Jesus' name.
In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank you so much. Amen. Boy, man, God loves you, Ann, and 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 He wants to see you walk away from this. He doesn't want you to suffer from this. He doesn't want you to bear this burden. He wants to take it off of you. And I believe your prayer has opened the door for the Holy Spirit to remove this. Purge your conscience. You need to just start thanking Him, Ann. Throughout your day, start thanking Him that you're forgiven. Thanking Him you'll see your child again and that He loves you. Man, thank you so much for calling in. I guarantee you, so many lives have been touched Amen. by your humility today. Amen. All right, let's go to, to Frank uh, from Missouri. Uh, and I appreciate you calling, Frank. Uh, what's on your heart? I that, Pastor Dwayne. I didn't tell him I was from Missouri. <laughs> are, are you not from Missouri? Yeah, no, I, I, well, actually, I was born in Long Beach, California, but we, we, we don't want to go there. I got to, I got to get to the question, right? Yes, sir. <laughs> yeah, I wish I could, I wish we could go over, over some of that stuff. But anyway, so, uh, you know, what, what business does the church up the, have to do with uh, uh, teaching LBGTQ and then wrapping the scripture. Really, to me, it's like, you know, this is a, a, another question, really, that, that uh, why is not the church teaching Romans 9, 10, and 11 correctly, our Judeo-Christian roots? And, and then bringing in, and instead of teaching Romans 9, 10, which, oh, by the way, happy Sukkot. This is all this week is Sukkot. I've uh, experienced, experienced it in Israel uh, many times. And uh, praise the Lord. Uh, uh, I just want to know, you know, well, why the church yep. is not uh uh, uh, teaching Romans 9, 10, and 11, the mystery of Israel. I would not have you to be ignorant. Is it because of their ignorance that they don't teach it and they bring LBGTQ in? I'm not angry or nothing. Am uh, I, uh, Wayne? Uh, uh, yeah, I, I, can't, I can't answer the question whether you're angry or not, but <laughs> I hear your passion. I hear your passion. Um, one of the things that's happening is God is purging the church right now. This is a time of purging. Uh, any church that's teaching and preaching LGBTQA plus agendas is God's mercy on, on us as his people uh, so, that, so that we'll get out of them. Uh, these churches are, are not going to die righteously until evil is revealed. And so if a church is going to embrace evil, the congregants ought to shout, thank you, God, for exposing our leadership and that they're ungodly and that they're embracing darkness. i got to find a church of light. Yeah. So what we're going to see is more churches are going to close down, more churches are going to die. You can't embrace the world's agenda and it not kill a church. So God is purging the church, the churches that aren't preaching Romans 8, 9, 10, and 11, uh, or the gospel are not going to make it in these end days. And that's a good thing. We, we don't, and neither does God, want churches to survive that embrace darkness. So it has to be revealed. So a lot of what's happening is God's revealing corruption in government. He's revealing corruption in the church. This is a good thing. I know it doesn't feel good or look good and we don't like it, but uh, who's of God? Who, who is of God? That has to be exposed. 
So as far as the mystery of Israel, uh, many are, are not leaning in on that simply because we don't fully understand the mystery of Israel and we're seeking wisdom from God on how to lean in on that properly because we don't want to misinform people. And so there's a lot of diversity on those scriptures of, of interpretation and many just are holding back wanting to do the right thing and be right. But that's one thing of waiting to hear clarity from God and, and rightly dividing the word of truth versus embracing the world's philosophies, uh, the woke movement. Uh, homosexuality. Man, I, I shout when a church steps up and says they support homosexuality. That just saved those congregants from absolutely death and, and destruction. And so it's a good thing. And so God's purging and good things are happening. Well, to, uh, to answer his question a little further, I mean, our, our church, Victory Life Church, we do teach against that. I mean, and we're not going to hide from it. It's an issue in the world today, and we're not supposed to hide from it. Also, um, something that many churches are, are calling this is being inclusive. Well, in my opinion, and I think scriptures line up with this, Jesus was inclusive to all types of people, but he was never inclusive to their sin. He, he over and over again said, sin no more. And we do teach on it at Victory Life Church. I don't know what church you're going to, Frank, but we do teach on it. And we're gonna continue to teach on it regardless of what the world says or who comes against us. We're gonna continue to teach on it. Amen. Really appreciate you calling, Frank. Uh, I, hope that, I hope that leaned in at, at least somewhat. Uh, and helped you out. Well, we've only got about a minute left. Uh, are, do, you, do you have any closing thoughts? Well, I just would like to say that I'm excited about next week. Uh, Grace will be here in person. I won't have to speak for her, and it's going to be great. Um, she's British, uh, so some of us may have a little trouble understanding what she's saying, but she, <laughs> she's brilliant. Um, she's yeah. uh, aggressive towards um, saving lives, saving children, and it's going to be a great time. Yeah, I want to encourage you to be back with us on uh, Thursday again of next week. Uh, Miss Grace is going to be here, who again founded Life, uh, the organization Life. And, and we'll be here, and if it's hard to understand her, we'll interpret for you. Hallelujah. <laughs> Get a hold of some friends that need to hear what does the word say about this issue. Well, again, I appreciate you being a part of Truth and Liberty. We've enjoyed today. I enjoyed having my friend Brian. Can't wait to be back with you next Thursday. God bless you. Thank you for joining today's Truth and Liberty livecast. You can watch today's and past livecasts in our archives at truthandliberty.net. Our goal is to educate Christians and connect them with resources and organizations to help them impact their sphere of influence. You can help us accomplish this by making a donation at truthandliberty.net slash donate. Join us next time for more Truth and Liberty.